0: The radio industry is both amazing and perplexing. It should have died in the 1950s when TV stole away radio's massive primetime audience, but it recreated itself as a music medium and lived on. Roughly every 20 years, something's come along and threatened radio, whether it was Walkmans, iPods, satellite radio, aux cords and cars, and now podcasts. Yet radio seems immortal. It seems to be not so quietly reinventing itself once again. So what is it about radio? We'll explore that with a special guest, longtime radio analyst Fred Jacobs, in today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Conduit Digital, your elite performance partner for white-label digital marketing, and the media audit, providing market-level consumer insights for more than 20 years. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Gordon.
0: Well, welcome, everybody, to another podcast instead of Corey this week, he's kind of going dark on us because he's compiling some updates to Burrell's numbers for 2022 and beyond. We have a guest co-host, and I am delighted to have my good friend Fred Jacobs from Jacobs Media. Fred,
2: welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Gordon. And now that I know that I'm replacing Corey for an episode, I feel this intense pressure to perform. So hopefully... It'll live up to expectations. Yeah, just insult
0: me a couple of times and it'll just feel like home to everybody. (laughs) So Fred, I'm really delighted to have you on the show. I've wanted to have you on for a while, but what really prompted this was I saw your tech survey last week and I sat through the whole thing. I called you afterwards and I never do this. And I said, that was really great. I usually get on webinars and I'm on for five minutes and I go, oh, this is BS and I'm off. But that really kept my interest for the full hour. You did a fantastic job. You moved along and you imparted so much great wisdom about radio. So I got to ask you, as I looked at all those slides and that tech survey, which we'll talk about in a minute,
2: what makes radio so resilient? Why is it still around? So first of all, thank you for those kind words. I mean, I like to think of myself as a storyteller. And as you know, trying to be a good storyteller with numbers can be challenging. So the radio thing is really amazing. And as you said in the introduction, the competition is everywhere. So many people count radio out. And yet, when radio lives up to its true potential, it is real time. It is local. It's engaging. And when you think back to the heyday of radio when a lot of us grew up, there were many stations, even in small and medium markets, that really rose up to that potential. And sadly, those stations are really fewer and farther between today. But when we see radio stations lean into the medium strengths, there's nothing else like it, not podcasts, not Spotify, not satellite radio. Absolutely, radio can do things that no other medium can do. Yeah, before we get into too much of a love fest for radio here,
0: I'm shocked because there is so much competition. I love radio. I listen to probably an hour, hour and a half radio per day, a little more than, than most people. But there's just so much competition for those dollars. It's just so interesting to hear this statistic cited that 96% or whatever it is of people listen to radio, you know, in a week's time. I mean, that statistic is still pushed out there by the industry, and I'm going to ask you to address that in a moment, and then we'll go into your survey. That, to me, just can't be true, because looking at your survey, and these are a survey of 30,000 P1, or avid radio listeners, it looks like, of the avid radio listeners, I think the figure was 86%, Fred, or listened to radio. So how could the radio industry be saying that, well, geez, 96% of people listen to radio?
2: Well, to slice it a little finer, our our stat is 86% listen an hour or more a day. But as you said earlier on, these are fans. These are core radio listeners. These are people in radio station databases. And so when you see their listening backsliding slightly, but still backsliding, kind of like a slow leak, it tells you something. And we've been watching this now for a number of years, and the trend is unmistakable. And of course, when you dive into the numbers even deeper, of course, it's younger people who are least likely to be engaged. People like us grew up with radio. It was on all the time. It was the only thing to listen to in the car, except for an eight-track cassette player, CD, deck, that, that kind of thing. But today's kids And certainly millennials have grown up with all kinds of different options. And so it's a whole different ballgame. So I think some of those numbers that are bandied about quite a bit are more aspirational than they are realistic. So you had this tech survey launched across 474
0: stations, surveying 30,819 people. And
2: these were more avid listeners of, of radio. Give us three or four highlights from that survey, Fred. There's so many things, but the ones that I talk about a lot are that personalities to a great degree have eclipsed music as a key motivation to listen and listen habitually, which, of course, is the key to success. Music, of course, has become commoditized. I mean, I can listen to any song or any playlist commercial free. So why do I need to listen to a radio station and umpteen commercials in a row. And frankly, as we saw in the data, radio has not excelled at new music discovery in recent years. So that's a thing. I think another piece is the digital distribution outlets for radio have become so important because regular radios are disappearing from people's homes which really became a factor during COVID when we were all locked down. And so streaming on computers, smartphones, tablets, smart speakers continues to rise every year. And yet the experience that many radio stations put out there on their streams are frankly suboptimal. And then I think the final finding that is so important goes back to the car. I mean, that has been the bread and butter for radio for literally a century. In-car listening is, in fact, the number one listening location, even during COVID. But as we're learning, as cars become better equipped and infotainment options become, frankly, exponential, radio listening levels are becoming precarious and are going down. I call that an oil leak. And so we know from our trips to CES, we go every year. There are more and more screens in cars. The dashboard has become really a multimedia center. And radio doesn't have the dominance that it used to have. So those are a few of the key findings that Tech Survey 2022 brought forward. Yeah, there were two in there. Let me go back on a couple of the
0: first two that you said to highlight them. The one about personalities and the lines crossed just a couple of years ago for that, where more people, 62 percent, were saying, the appeal of AM and FM radio is more for the personality. I tune in to listen to the personality. 62% said that, and 55% in a lesser amount said, I'm turning in tuning in to listen to music or new, new music. So the personality, I think that really is a key to the industry. Newspapers don't quite have the personality. TV kind of, maybe, but radio is you know sometimes loud, obnoxious, and funny, and entertaining, and you identify with it. You identify with the music genre or the format. And you identify with the personalities. And I think that's really important. The other thing that you mentioned, I want to throw a stat up against what you had mentioned, and that is the streaming portion. And this was shocking to me. We think of AM and FM listening as sitting in a car, listening to the radio or sitting at home. But 35%, Fred,
2: 35% of AM, FM listening is over a stream. Is that correct? Among our core fans, that's exactly right. And we've been tracking it now for well more than a decade And when we started, it was down into the teens. It's more than doubled in just the past decade or so. And again, many radio stations don't even promote that their content is available in all of these places, but listeners find it and they absolutely value it. Again, if we could actually put out a better experience in the streaming zone, and that means commercials how they're programmed, I mean, all of that. Unfortunately, a lot of streams don't sound as good as they should. There's an opportunity there for radio to really lean into its digital distribution. And I think more and more stations and more and more companies have come around to that in the past couple of years. So I want to get to this issue of measurement and talk with you about it and how
0: radio listening is actually measured. We're going to do that after the commercial. And after the interview, we've got an interview on the program with Bill Rose, whom I think you might know from uh, Nielsen, and he was with Arbitron prior to that. But Bill is going to talk a little bit about the personal people meters that are listening in. They sit on someone's belt. And they listen in to radio stations, radio signals, and and television as well. There's an audible signal that says, ah, this person is within earshot of us. So they must be listening to this particular station. So, Fred, if you could hold just a moment, we're going to have a couple of commercials. We're going to get right to that interview. And then I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. We'll be back right after this.
1: Conduit Digital is the elite white-label digital marketing performance partner for successful agencies. We enable our partners to scale by acting as a certified expert extension of their in-house ad operations teams. If you're looking to solve hiring challenges, round out your suite of services, manage account overflow, or deliver best-in-class performance for clients, contact Conduit Digital. To learn more, visit conduitdigital.us.
3: If you're in advertising, you know how vital it is to have a good grasp of consumer behavior in your market. That's where The Media Audit comes in. The Media Audit provides data on consumer buying patterns and media consumption habits, accessible through an easy-to-use software platform. To learn how to access the data for your market,
2: visit themediaaudit.com.
0: Okay, I've got with me Bill Rose, Senior Vice President of Audio Client Solutions at Nielsen. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gordon. Good to be with you. And you've been around in the measurement business for a fairly long time, way back in the 90s. Is that right? Earlier than that, I have to admit the truth. It's about 41 years. So we brought you on the show because we really wanted to talk about this people meter, the newest version of it. Let's give the audience a bit of an overview about the new people meter and what it does and how it is different from what you've done in the past.
3: Yeah, happy to talk about it. Thanks for the opportunity. So, we've been using people meters, uh, PPMs, for, for a number of years now and gone through a, a couple of form factors. The current form factor, the current PPM is about the size of a small pager device. It's worked well over the years, but technology has advanced and we want to take advantage of those changes in technology and, and make the measurement technology specifically more future forward, right? So, the wearable, that we're introducing, in fact, introducing as we speak, is the next frontier of audience measurement. It's going to replace the current device. It is smaller, has an updated design, more aligned with wearable technology trends, kind of like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. It's designed to make it easier to wear and more appealing, especially among demographics with lower compliance. So the whole purpose of the new device is to take advantage, as I said, of the new technology and to make
0: it easier to wear and carry. And so you've got folks who are participating in the panel, and they wear these people meters for how long and how long per day? Well, first off, they can
3: participate in the panel for up to two years, maybe a little bit longer, depending. Um, But most people spend about a year in the panel, and we ask people to keep the meter with them and wear it when they wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night, in essence. And this is solely for radio, right? It's actually for
0: radio and television. And I understand it. This is a layman's definition of it. It picks up an embedded signal in uh, in the audio of TV and, and radio, and registers that as someone listening. If it's, I guess, within earshot, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, for all intents and purposes, you, you got it. We have an inaudible code that's
3: embedded within the audio of radio and TV programming, and the the device can detect that code and tell us, you know, when the tuning began, when it ended, it stores it on the device and sends it home to Nielsen at the end of the day. That's the essence of the thing. And anything the human ear can hear, the PPM can hear too. So technically it's detecting exposure to media, which could be a little bit different than some people might define as listening, which is kind of the active process of cognition of the fact that you're actually being exposed to something.
0: And so what's different now with the new technology? What, what do you expect, a greater level of accuracy? Uh,
3: we expect a higher level of cooperation. So when we expect people to pick it up earlier in the morning and put it down later at night, carry it with them more. We expect that a larger proportion of the panel will give us data on a daily basis. They'll do what
0: we ask them to do. How is that? Are they getting more incentive or why would they say, oh, I've just woke up, I better put my personal people meter on?
3: We believe the form factor itself, and it's been proven out in the testing, which we can talk about in a second, is just more amenable to people cooperating, right? The smaller the device, the easier it is to,
0: to carry with you. Into it. And that's really what the difference is. Talk to me a bit about the trends that you guys have seen in, say, radio listening. Have you been able to detect anything via the, the people meters in particular in terms of listening during the pandemic? During the peak of the pandemic and the lockdown, which was March, April, and
3: May 2020, going back into the not so way back machine, you know, people were at home, right? So their lifestyles and behaviors changed substantially. And if they weren't going out in their cars to get to work, they're going to be exposed to less radio. So we certainly saw an initial decline, then a build back as as life became more normal. Similar behaviors in the case of TV, but kind of inverted, right? That people were exposed to more streaming activity in the home during the peak of the pandemic. They kind of discovered new things that they may not have discovered before because they were kind of locked in and looking
0: for something to do in addition to uh, their daily activities. How do you deal with podcasting, particularly when people have earphones in? Good question. It's not
3: just podcasting, it's streaming as well. Um, you know A number of years ago, before you know the takeoff of a lot of this new media and technology, we used to have a device that would connect to your wired headphone, and it would connect between that and the adapter that we used in your PPM. We called it an adapter, PPM adapter. But as more and more people listened via headphones, we knew that we needed to do something different. So in, I guess it was October 2020, we introduced something called a headphone adjustment factor. And what we ended up doing is going back to former PPM panelists and asked them to keep a log of the listening they do for a given day and tell us how they listened, right? Including whether they listened on a wired or unwired headset. And we're able to get data that enabled us to make an adjustment to our syndicated numbers, our currency numbers, that accounted for the listening that people do via headphone. Now, remember that we're making the headphone adjustment based upon listening done on mobile devices, right? So it's only affecting basically streaming and podcasting. That one-time change that we made in October 2020 was about a 10% overall increase in radio listening. All of that came from streaming, and that increase was about a 60% 60 increase in listening as a result of the adjustment. Now, we just updated the factor, and the new updates were introduced in April based upon a new survey that we did in 2021. And the adjustment's pretty close to what we did before it grew. More people were using headphones. So instead of the streams and podcasting being adjusted by 60%, they were adjusted
0: by a factor of about 63%. I want to go back on something. It's just been still in my mind. I don't think I've, I've settled it yet. What is the incentive for people to wear this? I'm looking at a picture of it now. Okay. It looks pretty cool. It's, it's slick. This particular picture says August bonus time, wear meter. So what is the incentive other than, wow, it looks cool. I can wear it on my wrist. What are the incentives for people that you think are really going to work and resonate with them that they're going to, as I said, get up and put it on earlier in the day and maybe keep it on longer? Well,
3: there's a lot involved with that question. There is an intrinsic value for most people, not in the media, but average uh, John and Jane, who want to be involved and have a say in terms of what's on the TV or what's on the radio. So when they hear from Nielsen, we're a known brand. We oftentimes get people who want to cooperate just because it's cool and they want to have a say. That's not enough. Obviously, we do provide incentives, meaning money, to cooperate with us and to participate in our panels. You'd be surprised. I mean, a little bit of money can go a long way. Typically, people say, how much are we talking about? And we're generally talking about you know, amount of money that can keep
0: you happy with your coffee habit <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the local coffee store. There you go. Well, thank you, Bill, for joining us and telling us about the new people meter. Good luck with it. And I hope all uh, goes very well at Nielsen and that we get some interesting, more accurate measurements on the TV and radio space. Well, Gordon, it's
3: a pleasure speaking with you as always. And uh, thank you for the opportunity.
2: Gordon, nice job there. I think you asked him a lot of the questions that most people would like to know the answers for. I think one of the key points here, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how much radio listening is still going on and do the meters actually capture all of that. But I I think the fatal flaw in all of this is that broadcast radio is not really in a vacuum. It's really part of a growing ecosystem where Consumers have a lot more choice over what to listen to, when to listen to it, and where they want to listen to it. And Nielsen really doesn't publish the full spectrum of audio, like streaming and podcasts and satellite radio, and and really just the whole space. It's really, for the most part, just measuring the radio world. So I think in that degree, and Tech Survey, I think, speaks to a lot of that. There really are many missing pieces that broadcasters either don't know and maybe in some cases, Gordon, don't want to know for obvious reasons. Do you mean maybe
0: listening over a smartphone or a podcast? What are we Sirius, XM?
1: All what are you of talking it. about here?
0: All of it. Smart uh, speakers. All of it. Do you know, my wife listens to radio over speakers, but I guess the smart speaker, but I guess Nielsen is counting that
2: as well. Yeah. Nielsen is as long as you encode your signal and as long as it's audible, right? I mean, he talked about that. It's got to be audible. And that's when they actually started offering that sort of headphone dividend that he alluded to back in 2020, because what was happening is that a lot of people were listening to audio and radio with headphones on. And of course, when you do that, there's nothing audible. So that was, that was a flaw they had to eventually find a workaround for. But again, I think the biggest issue is that once you get beyond broadcast radio on whatever platform you're measuring, there's so much more audio out there now that is a big part of the story. And radio broadcasters really don't see that part. And you know, from a revenue standpoint... All of those pieces are very, very important in terms of occupying slices of the revenue pie. And yet in the rating book, in Nielsen, broadcasters really don't see that full spectrum of audio.
0: Yeah, so let me get your opinion on, speaking of audio, it seems that radio companies want to not really abandon the term radio, but soften it up or sharpen it up, I'm not sure which, by calling themselves audio-first companies. And we're talking about Cumulus, for instance, contrasted with, say, Town Square, which calls itself a digital first company. But let's stick with audio. Do you think that radio companies are served by calling themselves audio companies? Is that what you think? Maybe, I don't know whether the public markets, the stockholders want to hear that or the advertisers want to hear that. Or is it just, you know, something else and different or just another term that's going to be thrown out there to say, hey, look, we're expanding. We're not just radio, we're audio in many different formats.
2: So usefulness to it? Well, I think the fear is that radio connotes something that is old fashioned, right? Something that used to be uh, mainstream that has now become like vaudeville <laughs> or or uh, silent movies or a form of entertainment that is no longer relevant. But here's the crazy part. A lot of the tech companies refer to their audio product as radio, right? Sirius XM satellite radio, Spotify has a number of different radio products. Pandora has always been Pandora radio. People love radio and they love the idea of listening to something in real time and a voice going through the ether and making you angry, making you smile, making you appreciate a piece of music that you've never heard before. So I don't know that kind of easing away from the R word is really much of a solution. I think it's really about what you provide as a company in terms of delivering audiences that can put butts in seats or buy products.
0: Yeah, and in the end, I think... What really matters is the results, right? If it's going to be supported by advertising, which for radio, 99% of that medium is supported by advertising, as opposed to newspapers, which have subscription revenue and television, which has retrans fees and cable and everything else. Radio is really, really, you know, 100% supported pretty much by, by advertising. So what matters really, Fred, are the results, the results of those radio
2: spots. That's exactly right. I mean, do people show up to the car dealership on the Memorial Day weekend sale? Do people buy products? Do do people respond to the messaging? And every indication that I see when I talk to advertisers is that radio may not have the kind of attribution that maybe digital platforms will offer. But if you buy the right kind of schedule on the right station and maybe get An influencer, that's another name for a popular personality to deliver the message. You can move a lot of product on the radio. Yeah,
0: I think the influencer part of it. And it goes back to, and we'll end with this, and then ask you about how people can download that that tech survey and get in touch with you. It really is about the people. It just it it sounds kind of cliche, but it comes down to people just about in every business. And when it comes down to radio, you have voracious, you know, friendly, interesting, happy, animated salespeople in radio and announcers and everybody else. It just, you know, they just seem like so they're fun people to be around,
2: right? It's a people business. Really, it it really is. I mean, I know that's a cliche. But it truly is. And for people like me who got into radio a number of years ago, we got in because it was a fun business to be in. Radio people really do tend to be fun people, whether they're behind the mic or they're working in a cubicle or whatever they happen to be doing. Yeah.
0: Like I say, I go to a lot of conferences and when I tell jokes at a conference, at a newspaper conference, they're just pissed. When I go to a radio conference, they just laugh at everything. They go look out in the audience are more Hawaiian shirts per capita out in the radio audience than any there place else. And more ponytails on men, too. So it's a great, great audience. And there's a huge army of them. The sheer pressure of the numbers of those thousands upon thousands of radio reps, more numerous than television, more numerous than newspaper reps. That pressure on the market now, you know, getting digital products in their quiver. Really is putting a lot of market pressure, so I think it's about time to end this love fest for radio. <laughs> but tell folks there are some really great insights and some not so you know pretty things about what's happening with radio in that survey as well.
2: So it really lays it out on the line. How do people get that, Fred? Very simple. Go to jacobsmedia.com. And one of our little windows is TS22, Tech Survey 2022. Just click on that and you can just fill in a little bit of information, email address and whatnot. And you can download a copy of the uh, webinar and also a slide deck too. Terrific. Thank you, Fred. Really appreciate you being on the show and uh, really appreciate your contributions to the media industry overall, but of course, specifically to radio. Gordon, thank you for having me. I hope the podcast downloads don't go down this week because Corey was not on, but I did my best. You did great. Thanks to Corey for not being here. Thank you for replacing him.
0: I hope he listens to the very end of this podcast so he can give me crap on the next one. Uh, and thanks everybody for being here until next time.
1: You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Conduit Digital and by the Media Audit. If you have ideas for future shows or guests, email the hosts at podcast at barellassociates.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, market well.